0: This is the Feet in Two Worlds podcast. I'm Jocelyn Gonzalez.
1: You know the fruits? We have different kinds of fruits. We have from Africa, we have from Bangladesh, we have all kinds of fruits, you name it. This is international foods.
2: Well, it's grains, beans and flour in a nutshell. And we make a sourdough bread that is probably different than most, very minimal ingredients, wheat, water and salt.
3: How much
4: is the paneer tikka masala? $6, dollars, four, 5 6 and then we make a meal also. So we put on basmati rice, paneer tikka masala.
5: Half bushel of red peppers now, $5. $5 a half bushel of red.
6: We do like eggplant, Indian
0: watermelon, jackfruit, and uh, halal meat. Those are the sounds of a booming food scene in Detroit. Energized in part by food entrepreneurs that have made the Motor City a culinary destination. Those might not be the sounds you'd expect from trend pieces covering the latest hotspots. But there are stories behind Detroit's food culture, rooted in its immigrant and urban farming communities, that we have yet to hear. This year, Feet in Two Worlds is working with public radio station WDET to cover food, immigrant culture, and communities of color in Metro Detroit. We've awarded fellowships to four journalists who are learning new ways to tell food stories through audio. We're pleased to bring you their first audio postcards, sound-rich snapshots of people and places in Detroit's food landscape. The first three take us to Detroit's Eastern Market. That's a year-round public market dating back to the 19th century, featuring hundreds of local farmers and food makers. I bet that guy has a good story. First up is Dorothy Hernandez. She looks out for food stories that highlight a community's concerns. My parents are immigrants from the Philippines, so food is so central to everything. I became an AmeriCorps member, and I worked at Gleaners Community Food Bank. Then that's when I started gravitating towards those types of stories, just in terms of food and its intersection with access and social justice. At Eastern Market, Dorothy spotted a vibrant booth selling curries and met Priya Das, the founder of Curry Fresh. And he had this vision to have, like, an Indian fast-food chain, like, you know, but he saw a void in terms of Indian food. And as time went on, that kind of evolved into this idea of not just bringing Indian food to the masses, but healthy Indian food.
4: So we came here around 7.40. So we want to get ready by 8 o'clock normally on Saturday. So let takes like 15-20 minutes to set
3: up. How
2: much is the paneer
3: tikka
6: masala? Six dollars.
2: Five,
4: five, six, and then we make a meal also. So we put on basmati rice, paneer tikka masala. So this is ready to go if you don't want to cook. So I came to do my MBA here at Ross School of Business, University of Michigan. And for my MBA project, I worked in Domino's Pizza headquarters in Ann Arbor. And that time, I thought, like, I used to have a domino just near my house in I- Kolkata, India. And then I thought, like, why there is no Indian food chain, like Domino's and so many Mexican chain or Italian food chain. And that set me up in this field that can we do an indian food change? because indian food is so complex and we started with a indian restaurant in flint michigan and incidentally it was just four blocks away from first domino's pizza indian food is so diverse so we tell in india that every 100 miles our language change and our food change in india then thing is that our way of cooking is very unique like we take used two-step process. Indian food is cooked very long, very, it is kind of simmer cooking. And then we combined it with HPP to make the whole process very unique, for which we have filed patent also. Because it gives like our food almost six months self-life. I was actually inspired by uh, the one professor here at Ross, uh, Dr. C.K. Pallad. So he has this concept of bottom-up of pyramid, which talks about how you can make the products available to the masses. Like if you think of the whole world, like out of six billion population, four billion population are in bottom of pyramid. So we are just think about this two billion people. Very few companies think about this four billion people. So I got inspired by him, came to do my MBA here. So now I think the way I started in 2009 with a goal of making an Indian food chain, I think now with HPP, we can make Indian food accessible and affordable in all corners of U.S. So that is my new goal.
0: Curry Fresh is one of the newer ventures at Eastern Market. Serena Maria Daniels met a vendor who's been there for much longer.
3: She just had like that old school, kind of no-nonsense attitude, just kind of like yelling out the different promotions or deals that she had. And I just felt like that was... I don't know, like the quintessential kind of Eastern market vendor experience.
0: Serena spent several years covering hard news, and then she transitioned into food stories to flex her creative muscles.
3: When I started reviewing restaurants for the local weekly, I really saw an opportunity to use that platform as a way to tell stories about different cultures and immigrant communities and kind of use food as the backdrop, um, kind of the hook to get you in And then once you start reading, you start to understand
0: um, different traditions and stuff like that. At the market, she met Grace Kelly, whose stall reflects Detroit's well-established Italian-American community. From what she told me, her
3: family is originally from Sicily. And so if we look at the east side of Detroit or the east suburbs, you'll see a lot of Italian-American grocery stores and produce markets. You know, a lot of them are owned by Italian immigrants or their descendants. Half
5: bushel of red peppers now, five dollars. Five dollars a half bushel of reds. Half bushel of red peppers, five dollars now. Hello, my name is Grace, and I've been at the Eastern Market since uh, fifty-six years. How's that? Yes, ma'am. I you. Have. One basket. Yeah. All right. I'll just throw it in. All righty, real good. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. How did I get here? I got here through families. Uh, I am the uh, second or third generation, and my grandson works here, and that's fifth generation. So since 1927, uh, we're produce dealers. Produce, de- yeah, produce dealers, and we sell to uh, res- We sell to uh, commercial or uh, wholesale. It doesn't matter. Well, I get here at 3:30 in the morning, and I don't leave till four thirty, five 5 o'clock in the afternoon. So anything that goes in between. Uh, that's what we do, we set up our tables, we uh, talk to customers, we sell to customers, we help customers bring their stuff to their cars. My dad was born on Elford Street, right at the market. And he started working here when he was five years old. And then my grandfather was down here till he was, uh, uh he was 80 years old and he was going to pay his bills at the market and he wasn't paying attention and broke every bone in his body and that was that for him. Yeah, 1963. My father is the first generation here. Uh, Originally, originally, uh, Sicily. We have steady customers. We've had customers that have been coming here for 40, 50 years. And then we have uh, newbies, you know, the new hipsters and everything. And it's all good. It's all good. It's a nice nice congeniality.
0: Brittany Hudson brings us another story of a longtime vendor at Eastern Market. Brittany found a new sense of purpose after meeting emerging food entrepreneurs through the Detroit Food Lab and the cookbook author Julia Tertian, who writes about social change through
3: food. It was through those two connections where it really inspired me to want to combine my background and just interest in writing and storytelling with my favorite thing to do, which is eat, (laughs) and be involved in all things food.
0: At Eastern Market, she met Randy Hampshire, who sells goods from his 100-year-old family farm.
2: I'm Randy Hampshire from Hampshire Farms. We're at the Eastern Market and we've been here for almost 10 years. We were the first organic farmers here. We come from almost 100 miles away, certified since 1988, and we have two Centennial farms on the farmstead. We're certified organic. It means the third party comes to our farm and we spend a day going through our records. They actually inspect what we use and and make sure that we're following the state and federal laws. Our uh, kidney beans are... Left, yeah. Are grown in Harbor Beach. Uh, Steve Guza was the flower. Yeah. Dry bean capital. Oh yeah, was. for sure. Hope it still is, but for for it sure was. Still is.
1: Yeah. So global warming chases us out.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, it's grains, beans, and flour in a nutshell, and we make a sourdough bread that is probably different than most. Very minimal ingredients: wheat, water, and salt. Probably most popular something that. Um, probably most people don't talk about We have raw milk in our booth, and uh, we have a herd share because raw milk is illegal to sell in Michigan, so we actually have our people sign a contract and they buy a share of our herd. So they pay me to take care of their cow, and they come here and pick up their milk. So that's something quite different than most people at the market. We do an open house on our farm every year on Earth Day, and we invite our customers to come up. We've done it. This will be the third year coming up. We have a hundred adults and I don't know how many kids come up. And we teach them how to milk a cow. We separate cream, make homemade ice cream. And then I go up and take a head of wheat and thrash it out in my hands and show kids that you can, I pop it in my mouth and they look at, look at me like I'm from the moon, you know, like, but that's a staff of life. And, I, and they eat it. Wow, and they're surprised at how good it tastes. It's wheat, I've been doing it since I was this high. And then I show them how we grind it with our grinder Shirley goes in the wood-fired brick oven bakery in our backyard and make all-you-can-eat pizza, all-you-can-eat homemade ice cream. And then we take that old tractor and we do a hayride four miles around the section. Those kids learn things that they'll never forget in their lifetime. Check this out. So this is pictures of our farm. This is my grandfather right here. And his dad is the one that started the farm in 1896. This is a picture of me and my cousin here. But this is also the first tractor on our farm. This is me, and then even before that, this tractor was already 10 years old, and there's my father and his brother in front of the little house where this guy was born, right here.
0: Food is only part of the scene at Eastern Market. There's also live music. Brittany Hudson also produced an audio postcard of one of the performers, drummer Dion Forrest.
3: Detroit is known as the Motor City, but there's a long history of music here. And I was just attracted to that. He, you know, was just a regular guy hanging out at Eastern Market, on you know honing in on his craft of being a musician and a drummer, and just sounded really great. You never know who you may run into in an environment like Eastern Market.
7: My name is Dion Forrest. Uh, I am a musician. I'm not necessarily a drummer, but I am a um... Uh, like a drummer, pianist, you know, I, I I created. Thank you. I created uh, a little something more than drums. I kind of got the piano here too. Um, I do this to keep me out of trouble, and it makes me happy. You know, um, it keeps me it keeps me out the streets. It keeps me from asking people for money, um, and it just keeps me humble. M- most of you know when I'm when I'm stressed or upset or anything. I come out here and do this and then I be good, you know. This is uh, something that I would actually make a career. You know, everybody got a pass. I used, not everybody was perfect, you know, and I also have a pass until I changed my life around, until I found out how to play these. Anytime I get the urge to hang out with the wrong crowd, I do this and it kind of keeps me happy, very happy, you know. Come to the Eastern Market, Eastern Market, or any location. Everywhere I go is pretty much the same outcome. Yeah, I, lo- I love it here at the Eastern Market. All right, let me show you. Listen. Listen. Change Higher. Yep. yep. You got the uh, cast iron. They're um they they're two different sounds though. You got the hi- I call this one. This one is the boy, and then you got the girl. The boy is a deeper tone. The girl is the higher tone. These are the busted up salad bowls are my steel drums. I keep two bases as my buckets, um, just in case one busts. I got a backup, two backup actually. Um, this is my slider. I slide this pot with my foot, like I got it from Michael Jackson, actually, the moonwalk, but I changed it into a, like a. It's, it's different. It's, like, um, it's a lot to it, actually.
0: Bangladeshi journalist Nargis Hakim Rahman gives us another perspective on Detroit's diverse food scene. She visited al Haramein International Foods, This grocery in the Detroit city of Hamtramck has been serving immigrant customers for 18 years.
2: So Al-Harmine has been a grocery store that I kind of grew up going to. And I always, we joke about Al-Harmine as the place where you're always going to run into somebody you know. And it's whether it's an auntie or a friend or somebody. Um, It's a place that really draws different backgrounds together. And one of the cool things about Al-Harmine is that you'll usually be greeted with some kind of greeting in your language. Or on your way out, at least they'll say thank you in your language. So you feel like you're at home.
1: Hello, this is Al-Ma'mun Salah. We're at the front door of Al-Haramain. I'm a cashier here. And for years, people come here for all diversity. They come by all the stuff, you know, the fruits. We have different kinds of fruits. We have from Africa. We have from Bangladesh. We have all kinds of fruits, you name it. This is international food.
6: We love to shop over here. We love Al-Haramain. We love it. The people
3: who work over here, they're amazing.
1: You know, I cashed that a customer yesterday, he come from Chicago. This is uh, another state, he come from another state just to come shop for us. Another people come from Detroit, people come from Dearborn, even Sterling Heights. That's how well-known Haramein is with their international foods.
0: Next line. Hi, I'm the same Farouk. I'm here at Al Haramein. Um, I usually come here about maybe like once a week. Um, it is kind of out of the way for me, but you know, because of the you know, the choices and the prices here, I definitely, you know, make my way here rather than, um, you know, go somewhere near my house, which is a far drive, but, um, yeah, definitely really like this atmosphere
6: here. I am Gamden, uh, the owners of Al Haramein uh, Food Center. i um, here serve the community is almost 18 years. Many, many customers, almost 100, 150 a day, is visit Al Haramein, and we teach the cashier how he talked to the customer because those come from different countries welcome he say like Polish here uh, when you speak with him you say you Bosnian he like word is Tungatita uh, Bengali is Kumanachu. we start smaller store we grow up and we have same quality from when I have a smaller store till now this is what the difference between me and other stores same quality for apple, banana, vegetables, fruit, all kind, those same thing. We have like 100, 100 people is moved from Hamtramik, but stay back to Al Haramein, uh, because you can find the same quality. In the future, I, same Al Haramein, but not in Hamtramik. We try, go somewhere like the people is moving, like 15, 16 mile. We try look same, like good location, where if I find it, we're gonna, do another location over there. Thank you for uh, coming Al Harmain and Sport Al Harmain. Thank you very much. Because we grew up not only with myself or I have um, I'm good or smart. No. Mm-hmm. We grew up because I have behind me good customer. Mm-hmm. This is why Al Harmain is grow up. I don't like to go anywhere else. Everything. I get everything over here. Everything. Like uh, very rarely we
3: if we don't find over here but we love to shower over then I don't have to go
6: anywhere
1: else. The customer is always right, you know, we respect the customer with the utmost respect.
0: These audio postcards are the first productions from the Feet in Two Worlds WDET Detroit Food Journalism Fellows. Stay tuned for more from them. They're writing about their experiences as they go through the fellowship. And you'll find their Detroit Diaries on our website, fi2w.org. Nargis, Serena, Brittany, and Dorothy, all women of color focus on stories that are often overlooked in mainstream media. Like other journalists who've trained with Feet in Two Worlds, they're amplifying voices and stories from diverse communities that we need to hear. These postcards were previously broadcast on WDET's Culture Shift, and portions of the fellows' interviews from that show are included here. Thanks for listening to the Feet into Worlds podcast. It was written and edited by Rosalind Tordesillas and produced by Jocelyn Gonzalez. Our executive producer is John Rudolph, and our managing editor is May Lang McNamara. Support for the Detroit Fellowship comes from the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the Michigan Council of Arts and Cultural Affairs, and through matching gifts from station donors, the International Association of Culinary Professionals Foundation, the Culinary Trust, and its Growing Leaders Food Writing Programme. The Food Writing Program is funded with the support of the Boston Foundation. Feet in Two Worlds is supported by the David and Catherine Moore Family Foundation, the Ralph E. Ogden Foundation, the Ford Foundation, the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the J. M. Kaplan Fund, an anonymous donor and readers like you. Support our work. You can make a contribution on our website at fi2w.org. Feet in Two Worlds is a project of the Center for New York City Affairs at the New School.